0: Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We worship Him because of who He is. We worship Him because of His love for us. In this season of Lent, as we are privileged to be reminded that thus we are and thus we shall return, this season of reflecting and allowing God to search our heart, time of soul searching. Oh, yes. Left to ourselves, it's easy for us to pat ourselves on the back and to assure ourselves that all is well. We need to allow him to search us. It is he who sees the hearts of all people. He sees your heart and mine. We are on a journey through life. This world is not our home. We are passing through, and we want to make sure, indeed, that that which is done for Christ, that which alone would last, and so we embraced the prayers of that of the psalmist David when he cried out, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great and compassionate love. Blood out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquities, and cleanse me. It's personal now, isn't it? Cleanse me from my sins. For I know that my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Well, there's a word from God today I'd like to leave with us. It's coming from the Gospel of John. We were in the Gospel of John last week, so we encountered the woman at the well and the encounter that Jesus had with her. We continue to journey through Lent and to journey through the gospel. And today, I'd like to read in its entirety the account that we find in the gospel of John, the ninth chapter. Let's hear the word of the Lord. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? that he was born blind. Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eye with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent." So he went and washed and came seeing. The eighth verse, the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes. And said to me, "Go to the silo and wash." So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, "Where is he?" He said, "I do not know." The man called Jesus. He said, "The man called Jesus, made mud, anointed mine eyes, and said to me, "Go wash." And I went. And I received my sight. The thirteenth verse, They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud in my eyes. I washed and I see. He put mud in my eyes, I reiterate. I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees, verse 16, said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And the blind man said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received now his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight And asked them is this your son whom you say was born blind how then does he now see his parents answered we know that this is our son and that he was born blind but how he now sees we do not know nor do we know who opened his eyes ask him he is of age He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him For the second time, they called the man who had been made blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. And they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciples, but we are the disciples of Moses. The 29th verse We know that God has spoken to Moses, but for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why? This is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does His will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him, you were born in utter sin. And would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, Jesus said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Hallelujah. Noting in this ninth chapter of the Gospel of John, the encounter that Jesus had with this man, the encounter that Jesus yearns to have with all of us, A man called Jesus encountered this man who was born blind. It was not this man who went seeking help for himself. The scripture says it's Jesus who passed by and saw him and chose to interact with him. It was Jesus who healed him. And declaring, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Allowing this man who was in darkness, not only spiritual darkness, but darkness as a result of not being able to behold the beauty of God's creation. And the brilliance of the sun and the things that you and I take for granted, being blessed with sight. Jesus' encounter with this man brought all those things to reality in his life. Have you noted in this encounter that this man had never seen Jesus, but he had been privileged to hear the voice of the Lord, and he was willing in obedience to follow the instructions that was given him. It was Jesus, whose disciples inquire of him with regards to this man that was blind from birth. Note where the mindset of the religious people were. Who sinned? This tendency of seeking to label sin to a condition. Now, we do know that as a result of the fallenness of the human race and Adam and Eve, that the entire creation groans. We do know that the origin of sin stems right there. But this uh, sense of, uh, (coughs) of casting or labeling, blame on an individual, often rises up in the hearts of men as it pertains to each other. And they were more concerned with regards to where to place the sin blame. Is it that man, even though he was born blind, or is it that of his parents? It was not this man, Jesus said, who sinned or that of his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. It caused me to wonder, my sisters and brothers, what the church would be like when you and I look for opportunities for the glory of God to be displayed. As opposed to going around, as some do, as fruit inspectors seeking to label where sin and blame ought be, Jesus was more moved with a compassion to bring about deliverance in the life of this personality. It was not the man that should be blamed, nor that of his parents. As if to say to the religious people that what ought to be your concern is how the glory of God can be displayed in a situation that is ripe for a miracle. And daily, you and I encounter people along this journey of life who are in situations from birth? Daily we encounter situations, whether be in our own lives or that of others, that need the delivering power of God. And rather than seeking God's hand of deliverance, we can become so caught up with where to place the sin blame. I am encouraged that here in this ninth chapter of John, that Jesus was not dealing with the sin. His you, but he was dealing, if you would, with a liberation, liberating those that were and are in bondage. And if you and I are to represent him, if you and I are to be the reflection of who he is, then my sisters and brothers, we ought to see with the eyes of faith, those that are struggling and those that are in bondage, that they experience deliverance. Amen. Jesus, rather than engage... In answering and debating the disciples, Jesus spoke life. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Jesus acted. I love it. So often we can be bogged down with the debates, whether it's philosophical debates or theological debates. Jesus, rather than engaging in much verbiage, He acted. There was a man that needed to be made free. There's a man that needed to see. And brothers and sisters, you and I, God has privilege to encounter people in the marketplaces on a daily basis whose eyes are still blind, who are spiritually blind, and who needs to see, and not to overlook those that are physically blind. You nor I don't have the wherewithal to make one who's physically blind to see. But we do know of one, do we not, who's able to do all things. And you and I ought to then step out in faith, asking of him to do that which only he is capable of, and that is bringing sight even to the physically blind. But note in the eighth verse that the neighbors of the men the neighbors and those who had seen him before, as he begged, they were now saying, is not this the one who sat and begged? And others were doubting it was him. Others said, no, no, no. He is like him, he's not that man. But thanks be to God, hallelujah, the man kept saying, I am the man. Ah, this is a day that God sends ready to do a work of miracle even in your life and in mine that will cause even our neighbors and loved ones to question whether it indeed is the hand of God that is at work in you. The word of God went on to share with us and the 10th verse says, So they said to him, the neighbors, the onlookers, They said to the man, then how, not who, but how, then how were your eyes opened? To which the man answered, the man called Jesus. Now these people not only have heard about Jesus, but they whose eyes physically were opened, they had seen him. This man who was blind, even though he could not point out to any who this personality Christ was, he is yet able to speak of that which he have heard and now that which he is a recipient of that miracle. He said, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed, I love that word, he anointed mine eyes and said to me, go and wash And I went, and I washed, and I received my sight. That's a three-point message in itself. He says, I went, I washed, and I received my sight. God keeps it so simple, does he not? He spoke a word, and this man responded. Oh, but the pharisaical people, the religious people, and those who stood around, the neighbors, They said to him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. I don't know. This man who everyone ought to be celebrating is now a subject of debate. The 14th verse says, and now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus had made mud and opened the eyes. So the Pharisees, in the 15th verse, again they ask him, how he had received his sight. And again he said to them, he put mud in my eyes. I washed and I see. In the 16th verse of the ninth chapter, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Pause, my brothers and sisters. God has done a work of miracle. And the glory rightfully belongs to him. But you've got a set of people here, religious and otherwise, who are in debate over this. That's why we need to be reminded that miracles is not going to bring people into the kingdom. They need to have an encounter with Him, know Him personally, and love Him with their whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. It was a man that was born blind. It wasn't a man who had seen and gradually grown blind over the years. It was one who had never seen before. Rather than celebrate him, they're debating over him. God has done a work in your heart. And it's sad that many are not celebrating what God has done. God has delivered you. You're not all that you need be. I'm not all that I need be. none of us will be until we see him face to face in the fullness of his glory. But God is at work in you. God is perfecting his will in your life. And we ought to celebrate that. I said you ought to celebrate that. The glory belongs to him. And I want us, before closing this afternoon, saints of God, to take note of what's happening here. And we ought to celebrate what God is doing. We ought to give him praise for the little, as it may appears to be, that he's already doing Uh, We don't give praise as we rightfully ought to, because we're often seeking to figure things out rather than to worship the one who has and who is doing it in our lives.